I want you to stay tuned at the end of today's little episode, rant, whatever you call what I do. Uh, I have an announcement about where we're going to be going uh, well into the new year with the podcast, probably. So stay tuned, hang out, and uh, let's get this started. So some of you know <clears throat> that as a working writer, I uh, you, you can't make that money off one job. I mean, you can after a while, but sometimes you just got to kind of grind it out a little bit. You got to have a part-time, and, and I think it's good for a writer to have a part-time job. We'll talk more about that way in the future. Um, but I, I work at a bookstore, right? So I have a part-time job working at a retail bookstore. It's, it's a good job. I'm around books all day. I'm around writing and words. It's, it's a great way to stay motivated. But while I'm in that store, I hear a lot of stuff. And granted, that's part of why I'm there is to not get too confined into my little bubble and to remember there's an outside world. Um, but, <laughs> but part of it, is I hear all of these uh, statements. I overhear conversations like nobody's business. It's great for learning dialogue and stuff like that. But the thing I've heard a lot lately, and I've heard this from people that I know and from people I don't, and I find this kind of a disturbing trend, is this idea that I don't read fiction. I don't read fiction because fiction has to have a point. And if it's fiction without a point, then... I don't read it. I stick to, to personal growth and development and, and nonfiction books. So let me go ahead right now and admit to my bias. I do not like the personal growth and development industry. Uh, if you've listened to me for any amount of time, you know. It's a multi-billion dollar a year industry. Um, I think it is like a lot of things in life. There are some bright, shining stars within the field that are doing really great work to help people. And then there are people peddling what can it best be described as snake oil, and it's worst as it's pure bullshit. Um, some of these, like, I, I'm just going to tell it to you straight how I think, and, and that way you can understand my bias going into this conversation which is that so many books are the selling point, the predecessor, the prelude to you buying a workshop or an online course or something else. They're loss leaders, right? So I'm going to be honest. If you're giving those books credence as like life transformative experiences and somehow more valuable to you than other books, I, I take a touch of an issue with it. Because I'm also I, like I write in a number of areas, but a huge part of what I work on is fiction writing. So let's just admit I have a dog in this fight. Uh, two, one, I'm not a big fan of the personal growth and development space, and two, I'm a fiction writer. So there you go. Like I'm going to be a little biased in this one. Just just a heads up, and that doesn't mean that I don't think nonfiction's valuable. I'm a big reader of history and science. Uh, biography's a big one for me, right? But I also think you need to kind of explore biographies in terms of people that interest you, not just people that were successful, right? Like, there's a Bob Iger book out, and Iger the head of Disney and all, and I'm kind of fascinated by everything he's done there, and I'll probably get to it. But before then, I've read books on Jim Henson, and, and I'm going to read a book on Fred Rogers, and just people that generally align a little bit more with with kind of what I do and, and what I think about and a little more creatively. Nothing against Bob Iger. I, I clearly Disney's the most powerful media company in the world. He's done something right. But that that's just that alignment. Anyway, I digress. <clears throat> I don't want to talk about nonfiction and I don't really want to bash it aside from that comment that I made earlier on on personal growth and development books and just caveat mTOR, right? Buyer beware. 
you very well might be buying a sales pitch, and increasingly in that space you are. Increasingly in that space, the book is not there to help you. The book is there to identify a flaw in you, tease you with the solution, and then point out that you need a class or some other higher dollar offering in order to get through it. That's fine. People's business models are people's business models. And in the end, you pay for what you want to pay for. And I said it before, I'll say it again, caveat emptor, right? Like just buyer beware. I don't know. I don't buy cigarettes or alcohol. Maybe you do. You consider those worthwhile investments? That's your business. Um, I, I don't change my opinion on them based on that. But here's the nugget about fiction I want to get to after like five minutes of ranting. I think that to deny yourself fiction writing, to say I don't read fiction, is a problem. And, and I think there's three problems with this logic, and I just want to run those down real quick for you. Problem number one is, is the statement always is accompanied by the idea of like, well, fiction with a point, right? And fiction with a point inevitably means fiction in the canon, right? Now, now when I say the canon, I, I'm talking about the books that we consider sacred and holy, right? These are the books that get taught in collegiate English courses and things like that. And they're great works of literature, make no mistake about it. But the canon is a remarkably subjective thing. You'd be amazed at books that took forever to get into the canon and some books that have never made it, right? For example, genre fiction is very traditionally not looked at in canon. It's, it's just, they're not. They're getting better, but for a long time they've been denied. So they're a little behind the curve on that. And it's also subjective and it's based on on no real solid standard. No one can tell you what it takes to be admitted into the canon of great literature, right? No one can. I've talked to numerous professors, lots of friends of mine who teach English lit and everything else. No one can tell you what goes into the canon. So this is just a subjective kind of pretentious decision, let's just be honest, on what the great books are and what the bad books are, right? I don't read this because it's a, it's a, I won't read Harry Potter because it's a young adult book and I'm, I'm more evolved than that. Good for you. Uh, I, I mean, I've still found value in Aesop's fables for God's sakes and they're written for children. I, I, and seriously, you know, just own it. Um, I got one of the greatest pieces of advice I've heard in years from a short story based in the Star Wars universe. It was wonderful. It served me so well. And I'm not kidding. It was one great line. Uh, talking about the the essence of mastery is letting go, and I went, "Wow, that's that's a good one, uh, right?" That was in a fiction story. So, so the first part is this: this I don't do it except if it has a point. Involves that you can tell what has a point and what doesn't, right? It involves that that only the fiction writers that you deem had a point, and the other ones didn't. And that's it, look when you start that way. Just like I admitted a bias at the beginning of this, you're going in there blind, guys, because you're probably doing the thing we were cautioned not to judging books by their cover. Hard to tell me that a book has a point or doesn't have a point until you've actually opened it and read it, huh? I mean, that's the thing about reading. So that's that's the first problem with this logic, right? It involves that, right? That's, that's the thing. It's the idea, okay? The second problem with this logic is is, is it involves the idea that, that nonfiction writers are telling you an objective and absolute truth, a pure thing, and fiction writers are lying to you and, and just crafting a yarn where, where you're Saturday morning cartoons. And I'm going to go ahead and give you that. We are, in a way, your Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, I don't know how many of you are my age, so you may not remember, like, He-Man or G.I. Joe when we added the moral point to the end of the story, but 
I, I love this logic. It's like Saturday morning cartoons, right? Because let's just dismiss the things that we actually hide moral messages for children in. Because that's that's a great idea. You see what I'm saying? Like they do have points. Writers don't spend years putting a novel down going, yeah, I don't care about shit. I just want to make some green. Because I'm telling you, as a working writer, this is a hard thing to do, right? I'm in the middle of work on a novel right now, and it's a bear. And there's no guarantees. There are tons of better ways to make money. I worked in insurance. Go sell insurance. Makes a whole lot better money with a ton less effort than writing does. I'm going to tell you right now. If money's your motivation, do that. So it, it, it implies this idea, and I would say this, and I think I'm well backed up on this. I would argue that your average fiction writer reveals to you more about the truth than your average nonfiction writer does. And here's why. Your nonfiction writer is constrained by facts and, and specific instances of what they're doing. So if they want to make a point, they have to go dig around and find the thing that makes their point. The fiction writer just makes their point. They just craft it. Right, They're allowed to move around because they don't have to be married to, to this kind of theoretical construct of a, of a reasonably objective truth. And, and I've heard, again, I read a lot of science and I hear a lot of people going, well, Matt, you know, studies and whatnot. Guys, get, get this out of your head, too. Most of the business and personal development books I've read have very little to do with objective, peer-reviewed science and a ton to do with anecdotal stories about how person A did thing B and felt way C. Right. And so that must be proof that this works. But again, if you went to astrophysicists, that's not a standard of scientific proof. It's anecdotal evidence. So the point being, a story is honestly just anecdotal evidence. But if all you're reading is anecdotal evidence, just do that. The other point about fiction and how it works with you is fiction makes you dig. Right. When you're reading a fiction book, you have to get involved. You have to maybe emotionally invest a little bit. You have to relax. You have to open your mind. You have to consider. You have to do the mental gymnastics that aren't necessarily available in a personal growth book. I say that just straightforward, guys. Tell me the last time you read a personal growth book where you had to really do some mental gymnastics to find the deeper meaning. You didn't. They told you the deeper meaning in bold type before the paragraph where they described it. Right? Fiction writing, you have to sit there. You're going to read a Vonnegut book. You have to dig deep and think about what Vonnegut means. And even better, not just what Vonnegut means, but what, what Vonnegut's saying says to you, right? Like that's, that's a huge part of my growing up was discovering Vonnegut and reading a bunch of his stuff and going, oh man, and, and having this like mental wrestle with, with his books, right? I mean, think about it. So part, the, the, the flaws we're really talking about here are, are the flaw that, you know, one, that you can determine what the good fiction is, right? Two, the idea that somehow a nonfiction book tells you an objective truth and fiction is just full of it and, and candy-filled entertainment, right? And three, and this is probably the biggest point for me on this, the idea that you have a problem that I can easily solve, Use whatever term you want for this, right? The microwave generation, the McDonald's generation, whatever. We have become a country and a society in the United States where we believe I have a problem and I can get a solution. And so that's, I think, where a lot of this problem comes from too is, well, if I read personal growth, it directly addresses my solution and bam, I have a fix. If I read a business book, it directly affects my solution. Bam, I have a fix. Like I have all kinds of fixes and that's great because I like fixes. I have a problem. I like solutions.
And a fiction book doesn't offer you that. Now, don't get me wrong. The best solutions to my problems have come after reading some fiction books. The best insights I've had, the best thoughts that I needed, the wisdom I truly needed to find was always in a fiction book, very rarely in a nonfiction. And if it was, it was never in something directly related. It was never, man, I need some wisdom about what to do with my life. And then it was maybe in a history book or in an astronomy book and something clicked in my brain. But it was never, get out there and be somebody by ABC coach. Like, that was never it. So, I'm going to tell you, take a minute and think about the fiction you're reading. Get out there and read a story. It's fun. It's relaxing. It's going to show you some insight. It's going to stretch that mind a little bit more. It's going to make you do those mental gymnastics. Right? I think it's easy to look at things and to be pushed in this way forward in society. Like, well, I want to be a great entrepreneur. I want to be a great lawyer. I want to be a great this or great that. And this is the prescribed route to get there. And guys, if you read enough about those people, that there's no prescribed route. Look, if you love reading nonfiction because that's what you love to do, that's fine. I'm not bashing you for that. You just don't get into fiction. That's cool. My argument's not with having a preference. My argument is with then espousing your preference as some kind of objectively better fact than what other people do. Right? That's my issue, is that when you go, well, yes, I don't read fiction because nonfiction is superior. Now we have a beef. Um, if you just read nonfiction, because frankly, that's what appeals to you and that's what calls you and that's what gets you through the night, then go read nonfiction. But when's the last time you tried to read some fiction? What's the last fiction you read? And if you haven't, then my challenge to you would be to go to a bookstore, find someone working in there and say, hey, I don't read a lot of fiction. This is what I like and what I'm interested in. What do you think would be good for me? And let them turn you down the aisles to Galapagos or Dead-Eye Dick, you know, the three-body problem, the 13 and a half lives of Captain Blue Bear, The Handmaid's Tale. On the road. Anything Bukowski wrote. Some Pat Conroy. The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. Like, I'm literally listing some amazing books. Hell, The Lord of the Rings. Go out there and, and, and take that chance and take that jump. And learn to, to love some fiction. And to find those amazing little nuggets of truth that are in those fiction stories. That I think hit you just a little bit harder. But I already told you I had a dog in this fight. So that's the episode for the day. Um, I want to give you a real quick announcement for where we're going. I took a lot of time off social media. I'm going to continue. Um, the reality is I kind of broke my social media problem. 30 days away from it, it just doesn't seem important anymore, which is awesome. But I want to think about what we're going to do moving forward with the podcast. And I had time to think about that. Uh, I had time to dig through some email and think and, and, and ponder what I want to do. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to start a new part of the podcast. We're going to start a brand new part of the podcast. Uh, I'm going to very basically be teaching a basic writing class in the podcast. Like Each episode is going to be kind of a lesson of if I were to teach writing, how I would teach it. Um, this could be good for experienced writers because it's going to be a different take. It's also good for people that ever vaguely thought they wanted to make an attempt at writing. Like anybody that ever vaguely thought, I think I kind of want to write a story. This will be a good shot. 
right? I'm not gonna lie, I come at it from a fiction bit, so I'm gonna talk like a fiction writer. Um, but hey, you know, it, it, there's benefit for nonfiction writers and learning from fiction writers too. There's always something there that you can take from, from some kind of, of knowledge like this. So uh, starting next week, I'm going to be teaching a, a little creative writing course on this podcast for free. There's no money. I don't have a book. I don't have an ebook. I don't want you to give me anything. Just, just tune in. Take a minute, tune in. But there's some homework for it. Okay, so here's the homework. I want you to really deep down think, did you ever want to tell a story? I don't know. Don't, don't tell me, oh, I, do, I don't know if I ever wanted to be a writer. I don't care. I want you to tell me if you ever wanted to tell a story. Not even me, yourself. I want you to think about that. And I want you to think that idea of what that story is, what you thought would be fun or neat or interesting, right? And then every week I'm going to talk you through a different piece of the writing process and we'll break it down into larger areas. Like we'll work on characters for a little while. We'll work on plot for a little while. So if you listen to me because I'm some kind of great and amazing coach, yeah, still listen to this because I, I don't think I'm a great and amazing coach. I think I'm just a guy who talks about things going on. And those insights are still going to come through in the writing parts of this of this uh, thing. And you never know. By trying some of these exercises, you may find a way, even if it's just in a journal by yourself, this may help you there. Look, I don't know. I'm not selling you a product. I don't have a program. I don't have a, a like online course for you to buy that will improve your life in 90 days. Like I don't have it. But we're going to do this writing class. Uh, I want to invite you all to join and to share and to get people out there and, and get them started. And the beauty of it is when you record a class like this, you can always go back and start whenever you catch up. So that's it. We're going to start learning how to write. We're going to write some stories together. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and I'm even going to try to keep it a little bit less adult on my fucking language. So maybe kids and teenagers can do it, but you'd probably want to listen to it before you subject your kids and your teenagers to it. Uh, so yeah, here we go. Next week, we're going to start talking about how to write. It's awesome to always get to have some time with you. I'm really excited about where we're going with this. I think this is going to help some people with some stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it because I find any time that I start trying to teach something, I end up learning a lot. So I will talk to you all later. Enjoy the rest of your week and uh, get ready. We're back in school next week. All right.